You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Seven and one, Vikings, four and a half game lead in the division. Packers and Bears just cannot stop losing games. And the Vikings can't stop winning them 20 to 17. Another, uh, perhaps the ugliest of the ugly wins. <laughs> we keep talking about this, that the Vikings just can't like win a clean game. Although I will say, I thought, I, looking back at last week, I would call that a fairly clean, as, as clean as gets. We liked this last week. This one was week. not. Yeah, last week was good. Can we do more like that? This one was a little bit <laughs> rough, but a 20 to 17 win. They count all the same. Sam, what's your headline? Yeah. I joked about this on Twitter, other than the week three win against Detroit, the week four win against the Saints, the week five win against the Bears, the week six win against the Dolphins, (laughs) the week eight win against the Cardinals and the week nine win against the Commanders. It doesn't seem like a winning formula for the Vikings. And yet they just keep (laughs) on doing it every single every single time. This is the situational Masters game to me. The way that they handled the end of that game feels like. I wonder, I, I owe to be a fly on the wall in Mike Zimmer's living room watching how they ended, how they handled the end of that game. Cause that feels like something we haven't seen in a decade out of this team. And it's a, maybe controversial too, to not try to score after that penalty on the field goal and instead opts to just kill the clock and say, you have 12 seconds and you're going to need a field goal. You can't do it. Um, and sure enough, they only got uh, one playoff because Taylor Heineke checked down. Um, but there's so much to discuss in this. So welcome to the Lockdown Vikings postcast brought to you by Bet Online. Um, how about TJ Hawkinson? I got to look at his final stat line. He he was approaching 100 yards. Nine for 70. I think Nine was the number. For 70. Okay. Nine for 70 with four days in the building. Huge piece of, of this game. Helped him advance the ball on the final go-ahead drive. It was critical. On a day where Thielen, again, was banged up, offense wasn't generating much, Hawkinson made some big plays, and he made a big catch on the first touchdown drive as mm-hmm. well. That acquisition looks brilliant. Justin Jefferson keeps messing around and getting 100 yards, even when the offense isn't playing it, it, well. It felt like such a normal game for him, and then you look like, oh, 115 and a mm-hmm. 15-yard rush <laughs> on the jet yeah. sweep on third and one. It's like just this casual 130 yards, and it feels like, ah, that was a forgettable Justin Jefferson one. (laughs) He's pretty good. Um, And Hawkinson, I mean, he looked like a number two threat today. After less than a week in the building, he looked like the second best uh, pass catcher on that offense today, which is really encouraging. And Kirk Cousins' dependability late in games is the biggest story of the season. It's not even close. And it doesn't take away the middle of the game lulls that this team goes into. Yeah. Um, but clearly there's some, there's something there in the fourth quarter. And now it's happening over and over again and reinforcing that this is not a mirage. And now I still don't think it's, I still don't think it's sustainable. I still don't think this works against Buffalo who, by the way, lost today. Um, but the Vikings are playing with a mountain of house money. They have so many chips that they don't deserve. Like the Vikings keep getting, <laughs> yeah, they keep getting 16. So they're, they're dealt 16 against a 10 and somehow they keep winning. It's crazy. They just keep drawing those fives. Mm-hmm. And some of that is earned, but some of it isn't. Although I will say as much as you want to be like, well, Vikings got lucky. That penalty at the end was such a lucky break. 
maybe the unluckiest possible thing in the entire world <laughs> yes. happened to the Vikings in this game. In a long touchdown to Curtis Samuel, the ref blows up Cam Bynum. We're not talking gets a pick. No, we're not talking gets in the way a little bit. Blows up Great pad Cam level. Bynum. Yeah, just levels him. And while Bynum was angling himself to get an interception on an underthrown deep ball. And I think if they had lost this game, that, I mean, that was a deciding factor, right? Because that turned an mm -hmm. interception into a touchdown. That's like eight EPA. <laughs> so that is horrific. Um, but I think from our perspective, right? Cause you can complain about it all day, but at the end of the day, it's an unlucky thing, right? Unless you want to start to get into conspiracies about the refs being paid to make the commanders look good while they're for sale. But uh, I won't put on the tinfoil hat this time. <laughs> but, like, that is bad luck to overcome. And I would say, I want to give Cousins a lot of credit for overcoming a disaster class up front. I mean, mm -hmm. Jonathan Allen lived in the backfield. Deron Payne lived in the backfield. There was instant penetration, run or pass, on every play. It was one That was a 2016 O-line performance where you just – you cannot run an offense. But they found a way. They blocked up a few late, and then you got that one go ball down the sideline to Justin Jefferson um, on – I believe it was a key third down. Just like when all feels lost, it feels like that is the go-to move, and it has been for a couple years for Cousins and Jefferson. Um, a lot to overcome for Cousins, and it feels like he kind of made it happen. Yeah, the Vikings got no breaks in this game, and no. at, by the end Until of it, that I last of, one, <laughs> I, I kind of felt, well, the, on the, the field goal, you mean? Yeah, which it's like, that's their yeah. mistake. Like, it's not earned, you know, so you could call it a break, but it's also like, well, they made a mistake, so they get punished. Like, and that's Yeah, like, and I still think the Vikings ended up minus in the break category with the referee and then Way two third-down penalties, right, that, that nullified stops. I thought the defense played phenomenally Phenomenal. in this game. I mean, they were really, really good. Pressure was good. I feel like for a second straight game, I was encouraged by the coverage. And they had phenomenal coverage on the 50-yard the touchdown. The referee just happened to be conspiring against them. Not really. wasn't intentional. Um, mm. But it was a great defensive day. And in that sense, I do feel like the Vikings actually kind of deserved this victory, at least on that side of the ball. Um, it felt like they had the Taylor Heineke pick coming, and that turned the game upside down. Uh, Harrison Smith getting them inside the 15. And then... Dalvin Cook catching a legitimate one hand, not, not a pass, not a screen. I mean, not a screen. Post wheel. It was a legitimate route downfield, which I don't know how many times we've seen in his career. It's very few. Great Dot throw by Cousins throw too. Cousins threw some dimes, and in this game, I know he threw a pick. I did appreciate his occasional willingness to throw in tight windows. Yeah. It, it, led, it led to a lot of incompletions, and there were some balls off of hands that should have been caught. Thielen and Jefferson both had one. Um, but to your, to your point about Cousins hanging in, taking some shots, getting the wind knocked out, it seemed, at one point, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and making some really dynamite throws when it mattered, it, it ends up as like kind of a B-grade Cousins performance in spite of the, the horrible middle stretch. Yeah, and, and that pick came, that came at the end of the half. I think you go to the sideline and you say, I want you to throw that every single time. That's not going to turn out. Because that was a jump ball, one-on-one -on -one with Justin Jefferson in the end zone with 14 seconds left in the half. I want him to throw that every single time. And it just 
happen to be an unlucky bounce. But a lot of unlucky bounces and a lot of bad O-line play. Man, we've seen that Vikings game go down as a loss. We've been watching that for 11 years. So to come away with a win there and to really pull it together in the fourth quarter, which it seems like that's just what they do. They just underachieve and underachieve. And then the fourth quarter comes around and they go, okay, let's win this one. <laughs> and they have seven and one. Um, interestingly, depending on when you got to the line of this game, because um, I actually thought about it on the Minnesota football party, we have our gambling, and I actually thought about betting on the Vikings, would have been minus three and a half. Um, but the line moved a whole bunch. It started at two and a half over the week. Dave Mason uh, actually had a thing on, on Locked On Vikings for me where he talked about how this line moved. It landed at three points. Vikings win by three points. So a lot of you pushed your bets on uh, the Vikings. You can find bets like that at betonline.net where the game starts. It is your one-stop shop for all things betting on sports. You can bet on player props. Take a Justin Jefferson over or two, which I told you to do in Friday's episode of Locked On Vikings. You can, um, of course, bet on more than just football. You can bet on basketball, hockey, anything that's going on. You can even bet right in the middle of a game or event. So go to betonline.net and uh, check out what you like over there. Um, man, I just I cannot say enough about the defensive performance. They were uh, Heineke was under pressure all day. The corners played well. Cameron Dantzler leaves the game. Looked like he re-aggravated his neck injury because he that was the play where he was knifing underneath a guy and it was actually a 15-yard penalty too, but then he kind of got awkwardly mm -hmm. like compressed yeah. and came up kind of weird. Ankle ankle might have been an issue too. They they mentioned an ankle oh, did they say in the, ankle? the team oh, release. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought it was yeah. neck as well. I, okay. I thought it was neck. I missed that it was ankle. Okay. So ankle injury, that, that's probably better than re-aggravating the neck. I was a little more worried, but Hey, a Caleb Evans coming in, making a great deflection one-on-one -on -one with Terry McLaurin. That's no, that's no picnic. And then making a whole bunch of run stops as the force, which was something that was big on his college tape. Um, I don't know. What, what's your take on the secondary's performance all day? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's the one knock on Patrick Peterson is that, he is a one side of the field corner and he can't just shadow, you know, the, the Deandre Hopkins, right. Tyree kills and Terry McLaurin's of the world. So you end up with a rookie against Terry McLaurin, which on paper is advantage Washington, but they also have Taylor Heineke and they weren't really able to exploit that. And I think a Caleb Evans, mm -hmm. who's gotten spot duty a couple times this year has accorded himself really nicely. And he's above Andrew Booth now in the pecking order because Andrew Booth is healthy. And they still have a Caleb Evans going in there. So that that's telling and and awesome for the Vikings to get value out of a fourth-round rookie pick. And in general, I thought the coverage was really solid. I mean, Heineke yeah. did what everyone said during the week. He's closing his eyes, and he's throwing it downfield, and good things are happening. And that kind of happened again today. Obviously on the Samuel yes. touchdown. A couple other times where he just he would, like, it would extend plays all the way to the sideline and find someone downfield. And yeah, he's a very volatile quarterback, kind of fun to watch, kind of nerve wracking to watch if you're a Washington fan and he's going to be mistake prone. And he had the one fatal error in the fourth quarter. Um, but the past Zadarius Smith, I thought would oh be limited God. coming off the, the aggravation of the knee. Nope. Wow. <laughs> what a performance. Yeah. And, and I thought he was, you know. Argu arguably even more effective than Hunter in the game without the two sacks. Um, and Hunter, great to see him get two sacks as well. Yeah. I've been critical of his play. He finally splashed a little bit today. That's good to see. So, the, I mean, with the pass rush coming together, the coverage coming together, 
I like the, the progression of this defense. The offense mm-hmm. isn't quite ascending maybe the way that I expected, but I think there, there's still a lot of meat left on that bone. Um, but again, you're on the road, you're taking on a team with momentum and you come away with a win. You can't ask for much more. Yeah. And, um, no Dalvin Tomlinson in this game. He's got that calf injury calling week to week. Um, so you had James Lynch getting a lot of run. You had a lot of, uh, Kyrie's Tonga, a bunch of Jonathan Bullard. And while I thought those guys gave up some push a little more often than I would have liked for backups, I think I'm mostly okay because then you had Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter just wrecking all kinds of shop. Um, but up front, on the other side of the ball, look, if you wanted to say, okay, why didn't the offense work? It's because the offensive line just lost its matchups. Jonathan Allen just kicked the crap out of Ezra Cleveland all day. And when he was up against Bradbury, it was Bradbury. When he was up against Ed Ingram, it was Ed Ingram. And Ron Payne and, and Josh Sweat and all of, or, uh, Montez Sweat and all of these guys were kicking the bejesus out of the Vikings up front. So I don't know how much meat there is left on the bone in another matchup like that. Like if you go up against another team with an elite D line, I don't know what you can do because there is no play in football that doesn't require someone to block someone. <laughs> like it has everything screens, all of it. Somebody has to block somebody. Um, and if you can't block, you just don't have an offense. And I think the Vikings figuring out a way to get those blocked up is what sort of sprung them in the end of the game. That would be what I, I think. And, um, you know, looking at it as the week goes on, we'll look a little bit closer and see if there's anything a little bit more clever going on. But I do think it was just Ezra Cleveland finally won a rep touchdown Vikings. <laughs> um, it was a weird moment where Garrett Bradbury went down for a moment yep. and it kind of looked bad at the, at the time. And I said, Oh, that's a blow to the offensive line. Cause it felt like he was holding the interior of that line together <laughs> changed. with Cleveland and Ingram and Ingram is losing far too many one-on-one matchups. Luke, it's not like he's getting exploited yeah. on stunts where they're just well, scheming it too. past him. You know, right. Both of those things are that. true, <laughs> but the one-on-one whiffs are, are really harmful. And that happened yeah. last week. It happened this week. And he is expanding his lead in pressures allowed amongst guards. And that's not a good thing. And the Vikings might have to evaluate that position. In fact, I think they need to evaluate that position when they have, this isn't, uh, you know, an untapped rookie waiting in the wings to try to get his first time ever. It's Chris Reed. Chris Reed is waiting for his chance and he's played a lot in this league. So when you have that at your disposal, I feel like you have to play that card. That's a decision for this week, but that did kind of wreck things for the Vikings in the middle of this game. Run game was super underwhelming. Um, I want to say it was three yards, 2.5 yards per Ugh. carry. Cook, 17 so for 47. So many tackles for loss. Just so but, many immediate contact in the backfield. And that's first also downs. those same interior guys. Horrible. Yeah. They were and, like and, one yard per play on first down. Yeah, just horrible. So they're behind the chains all day, and then that's when you get the real offensive line problems. I got, If you can get – if I don't know if you, you're planning to get to a practice this week, Sam, but if you can keep a look on who is taking those first-team reps – um, because that's going to be how this goes down. You are, you're not just going to suddenly have, okay, Chris Reed is starting today. They're going to have him compete for a couple weeks to see, okay, is Chris Reed actually better? Or does he just bring his own problems and those are worse? Um, that's going to be how that should go down. So that's, I'm really curious to see. I don't think they want to give up on, on, you know, a rookie in his first year. He's of course, he's a rookie. That's going to have some struggles, but this is, he's holding entire series hostage and that you, you, it might be, 
he's doing too much damage for this to be worth it for developing him, you know? Um, I, I think the best way to learn sometimes is by fire, but not if it's costing you so much, but I guess it's not costing them games because they're seven and one. And now Buffalo. And well, so the Vikings have a better Six record. And two. Imagine having two losses. Couldn't be my team. G- guess, guess the line. Let's guess the line. Let's do a little, uh, take a page Ooh. from Bill Simmons book. What, what do you think? I'm going to go bills minus six. I don't think the betters are going to overreact. I think 10 and a half. 10 and, and a half. Yeah. Are, are wow. we talking opening? And then maybe yeah. people slam the Vikings. I, I think it'll be, I don't think the, the betters really believe we were only favored by three against uh, uh, this, this commander's team led by Taylor Heineke running their, their backup quarterback. We we've been not favored a lot. And I actually think the Vikings have been pretty good against um, the spread. So I think the, the betters have been underestimating the Vikings a bit. Packers but, were 11 know. when they went there last week. Um, so maybe you're right. Be better than that. Okay. Eight and a half. They'll be better than, than the Packers. We'll see. Well, 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 it might be even out right now, but we'll find out shortly. We'll talk about it on the football yes. party tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Um, bit of a special teams disaster, but not the worst. I mean, just some weird, weird returns. Gave up a big kick return. Um, but, you know, no misses, no blocks, no total messes, but also no turnovers. They actually, the Vikings had kind of been relying on special teams turnovers um, in a couple of these games. Didn't get any help from that. So that's another thing. It's like, okay, that's, there's your regression, and then they still survived it. Like, that's the story to me. They survived regression. <laughs> luck luck went against them, and they survived it. Yeah, big kickoff return, not good. They finally gave Greg Joseph some, some chip shots, which he probably deserved after being asked to kick 56 yarders every week. And Dan Chisna made a really good special teams tackle. He's learned oh, yeah. not to blow past it's the over. punt returner. Yeah, it's if he figures this out, Nobody is ever returning a kick no. again on punts. Yeah. <laughs> the Danny Chiz. Um, what a great note to end this Locked On Vikings postcast. Uh, you can find me and Sam on Mondays and Thursdays on the Minnesota Football Party right here on Locked On Minnesota Sports. You can find this postcast audio up on the Locked On Vikings podcast. Where first you can find me Monday through Friday, free and available on all platforms. We'll see y'all next time after the Bills game. This is the big one. We've been looking forward. To, we've been looking past these other games for <laughs> like a month looking at this yeah. Bills game. Should yeah. be a really fun uh, little road trip. Hopefully uh, they can they can get a good game out of that. For Sam Ekstrom, I am Luke Braun. See you all next time on the Locked On Vikings postcast.